Craig Coogan is here to talk about his new documentary, Music Triumphs Homophobia, and give us his spin on our LGBTQ issues. Hi, Craig. Hi, Charlotte. Thanks so much for spending a little time talking about the movie. Tell us about your film. Music Triumphs Homophobia is a journey about how the Boston Gay Men's Chorus, over its 40-year history, uses music dismantle the hate and misunderstanding that we call homophobia. What was your inspiration for telling this story? I have spent most of my life in a fortunate situation where music has been part of my life. And when I came out, my big coming out process included music. And um, the LGBTQ choral movement spoke to me specifically because I was able to sit in the audience and see and hear my own life and experiences reflected back to me in music. And then, March of 2020, the world changed, right? So we all went to a place where we were sheltered in place, and we were quarantined, and it was a very challenging time for everybody, but specifically for performing arts organizations. And as the leader of an organization whose purpose is to gather people and perform for large groups, it was really hard to deal with a time that we had to be isolated. And so I was, uh, you know, working with our video team and my creative partner, Michael Willer, and we were talking about, you know, how do we, quote-unquote, pivot, right? That became the famous word. And obviously we had a treasure trove of video in the vault, and we did what a lot of groups did, and, you know, we took stuff from the vault and we put that out. And as I was looking through all of the amazing experiences that BGMC had over its history, I was struck by how many times... The chorus had been picketed, had groups say, no, you can't perform here because, you know, being gay is bad and you're going to go to hell and sort of all of that. And I thought, there's a theme here. No matter what time, what decade it is, whether it was the 80s, 90s, the odds, or the teens, like, this has been something consistent. And as Michael and I were working through projects, I took a step further back and said, well, what is homophobia and where the heck did it come from? And doing a little research and discovered that in the uh, 1940s, the late 1940s, was the first time that gay or homosexual appeared in the Bible. And it struck me interesting that there's this whole cottage industry of homophobia in religion that has been born out of the last, 60 or 80 years, that it's not actually gone back to the beginning of time. And so, as we did some further research, it was interesting to find that mistranslation of that part of the Bible was synonymous whether it was Catholic or Jewish or Muslim. It didn't really matter the denomination. The whole idea of homophobia is hooked on these phrases which had never appeared before, and I think a lot of people maintain are a mistranslation. So, looking at what BGMC does, of changing hearts and minds through music and traveling the world, I was like, you know, there's actually quite a great mix of how 
the music of the Boston Gay Men's Chorus has dismantled, addressed, and dealt with homophobia, not only around the world, not only through the decades, but across religions. That was our inspiration for telling the story. What do you hope to accomplish with this documentary? We hope that a wide variety of people will experience a documentary and be educated, entertained, and uplifted. The end of the story, at the end of everything that Boston Gay Men's Chorus does, that the gay choral movement does, is all about bringing joy and telling the LGBT experience. As BGMC has traveled the world, and I've been fortunate to travel with them uh, to the Middle East and to South Africa, I found time and again that people who may not be allies aren't inherently bad people. They just don't have the full picture. And there's something transformative about the power of music. And being with those people in the concert hall or on the street or wherever the performance happens and having them actually have a shift is really incredibly remarkable. And there's only so many people who can go to a concert or stumble across it in a park or wherever you are. And so distributing the documentary for very, very little money for the consumer on Amazon is our way to get that story out and have more hearts and minds changed. What would you like to accomplish with your work? I think we would like the work in the documentary to uplift people, educate them, and really have them see that what they've been told about LGBTQ people isn't the full story. And I think that is the potential impact that the work can have across generations, across geographies, and across denominations. What would you like to see happen for our LGBTQ community in the uh, Biden-Harris administration? I think the Biden-Harris administration has been incredibly supportive of the LGBTQ community. There's more work to be done. The Equality Act needs to be passed. It's been there for a long period of time. The Respect for Marriage Act that President Biden signed recently is a good first step, but it's not complete, and it doesn't provide full protection, and there's too many exclusions. We just want to be treated equally. That's what I hope and my expectation, not just for the Biden-Harris administration, but subsequent administrations. I'd also like to see our federal leaders, who are supportive, who are great, have a more active role at the state level of supporting our allies and the LGBT community at the state. There's over 350 anti-LGBTQ and anti-trans bills that have been introduced in the last year, year and a half. So the battles, the legislative battles, are still out there, and I am hopeful that our president, vice president, and his entire administration continue to support the community from top to bottom. With LGBTQ teens already four times more likely to attempt suicide than their heterosexual peers after facing bullying incidents, what advice would you have for these kids, especially during these challenging times? 
this is such a difficult time to be a teenager and to come out. Our world is so divided. I'm of a generation where coming out happened later in life. In my 20s is when I came out. I think it's so remarkable that in my own lifetime that the majority of people who are coming to terms with their sexuality is happening in their teens, in sort of the normal time frame that people come into their own as people. Our community has incredible resources, the Trevor Project, LGBTQ centers around the country, GSAs in schools. There are a lot of resources. However, too many of our youth don't know about them, don't have access to them, don't feel comfortable with them. So I think our obligation as arts leaders, as LGBTQ leaders, is to continue to make sure that our stories and our resources are made known to them so that they know all of the things that are available. And I am hopeful that will help more people be comfortable with who they are. How can people get information about uh, Music Triumphs Homophobia? You can learn about Music Triumphs Homophobia at bgmc.org or just go to Amazon and search Music Triumphs Homophobia. What other projects are you working on? I'm fortunate to have so many uh, exciting projects that are in process. I am particularly looking forward to returning to Boston in the early part of March to hear uh, the concert called Born This Way which uh, was about to be premiered and then COVID shut it down uh, five days before its premiere. And a core part of that concert is an original commission called Peacock Amongst Pigeons from the award-winning children's uh, book of the same name. And uh, music director Ruben Reynolds commissioned John Bucchino, a Broadway uh, composer, to take the book and put it into choral. And Mayor Wu will be serving as a narrator, and we had her lined up to do that before she was Mayor Wu, so I'm thrilled that Sarah Schaffner, the current executive director, was was able to bring Michelle to the stage. So I'm really looking forward to that. I'm currently uh, running the Seattle Women's Course and the Seattle Men's Course. And on uh, February 4th, the Seattle Women's Course celebrates its 20th anniversary at Town Hall with a aptly titled concert, Get the Party Started. And probably, no surprise to, to you, Charlotte, the Seattle Men's Chorus in June will be performing Disney Pride and Concert, a show that uh, we created and premiered in Boston last June. I'm very excited that that music has continued to have a life and will be presented in Seattle. And the Boston version of that, which was two sold-out houses at Boston Symphony Hall, uh, we did film that. And uh, my creative uh, filmmaking partner, uh, Michael Willer, and I are working with Sarah and Ruben and Chad and the folks at Disney to see how we can take that and turn it into a project that is used uh, on Disney Plus or other Disney outlets. So... You know, I'm keeping busy. (laughs) Is there a question you wish people would ask you? I think what I would love for people to ask me is, 
how are you able to afford this work? The Boston Gay Men's Court is fortunate to have many individual donors, institutional giving, but a project like Music Triumphs Homophobia, which is outside the normal performance, takes a huge amount of resources. And so with our commitment of access and making sure as many people see this film as possible, we put it on Amazon for $1.99 so that we don't want financial considerations to be a reason that somebody can't experience it. And the movie costs more than $1.99 per viewer to have done. So providing a donation and financial support to BGMC at the website, bgmc.org, would really be a way of underscoring people's support for the work. Do you have a favorite quote or a mantra to get you through these difficult times? I love this question because it takes a moment to, to really reflect on it. And I always say that we make music that makes a difference. And it really encompasses exactly what BGMC does, what the Seattle Choruses do, what the LGBT choral movement does, which is using song to change hearts and change minds. What it means for me is, as a person who struggled with coming to terms with my own sexuality and my own orientation, being in a room with 200, 250 singers, a thousand people in the audience, sharing back my loves, my concerns, my life, is a tremendously affirming and joyous process. And the sense of community that comes out of being part of that process is very hard to describe. And I think that's one of the reasons that my life's work is really making sure that as many people can experience it as possible. And I'm privileged to be able to do the work. And while I think the live in-person experience is unmatched, that we have begun to find a way to tell these stories to transform people's understanding and to lift up their spirits through video and through the filmmaking process is very affirming to me and reinforces sort of what I think my purpose on the planet is. 